five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about, guess what? Mail today. And to start off, we've got a funny little get bit here. And uh, we're going to do the mail song from, the, from Blue's Clues. Mail time. The mail's here. I can't believe I get to sing this song. Here's the mail, it never fails, it makes me wanna wag my tail, when it comes I wanna will, Mail's here, mail's here. Hi, mailbox. Oh, um, no letter mailbox? No, you got an email. Huh? Oh, oh, what the heck is that? An email! That's new. Thanks, Mailbox. You're welcome. Well, anyway, we just got an it deteriorates from here. We just got an email. We just got an email. I wonder who it's from. Okay, so anyway... This is from a show called Blues, Cues, and You, I guess. And uh, it actually fits in with our <laughs> with our thing today. So let's close that off and get over to the PDFs and see what they got to say. Gen Z loves outdated tech. This is from The Hustle just the other day, Sarah Friedman. And uh, rolling into the school cafeteria with the newest smartphone was once the pinnacle of cool, but not anymore. Uh, today's teenagers are seeking the opposite. They're ditching their modern tech for phones and cameras from days of yore, a.k.a. the early 2000s. Yeah, that's like, yeah, Blue's Clues. Have you ever heard about that, style consultant? I don't think I've ever. And apparently they had the mail song, like, regularly when the mail, you know, at a point in the show, the mail would come. Um, anyway, per the New York Times... Uh, the choice to part with smartphones and its top-tier camera to bang out texts on two, T9. I had to fig, find out what that was. This is a flip phone, and it has nine, you know, nine buttons, and you got to figure out how to how to get the letters to come out. Um, why would they want to do that? Well, the reason is it's been on since I was a teenager. The style consultant says, "Kids and I babysat." kids i babysat for watched it oh so you really didn't grow up with it but i would have known then anyway they can take photos without being on their cell phones so they're ditching their cell phones they get space from social media in other words they get off of it which 36 percent of teens say they use too much right too much digital t9 was the best she says this is uh we're having this dialogue on youtube uh someone wrote me yesterday and asked me if uh, there was a way to get alerts, uh, and uh, LinkedIn used to do alerts, but I don't know where they went. Uh, I, I don't really understand half of what goes on 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 uh, LinkedIn. You know, for a while, if you posted a uh, uh, a survey question, you'd get like 2,000 likes or something. Views would go through the roof. Uh, you know, they just play around with their little algorithms to see what they'll do. Anyway, older digital cameras, this is the weird part have less detail, less light, and lower quality photos. But blurry, vintage-looking photos are exactly what Gen Zers want, 
so they stand out from the crowd and ironically to stand out on Instagram. YouTube, yeah, you so YouTube, if you don't get alerts on LinkedIn, which you may or may not, I don't know how it works. Uh, people have asked me how to turn it off and I usually can figure that out, but how to turn it on, not sure. But YouTube actually has uh, really great alerts. You just have to click the black subscribe button and then there's a bell, a little bell button. If you if you if you hit both of those, you will get alerts. Okay, so eBay saw searches for digital cameras go up 10%, but Nikon Coolpix, for example, saw a 90% jump. So almost double. Okay. Y2K nostalgia has gripped more than just the tech industry. It's fueled the return of fashion trends like low-rise jeans and velour tracksuits. I have several of those. No, I don't. I've never had one. <laughs> With brands like Juicy Couture, Couture and True Religion and Abercrombie making lucrative comebacks. Uh, so we're going to dig out our Razor phones. Actually, my IT guy said that that his phone service provider would only allow 5G and didn't allow anything like a flip phone, which he was hoping for. Because every time I call him, he says he, he, he not by the time he finds the phone and then finds the button, uh, you know, the call hangs up. It's like the old days when we used to re when we used to search for the search for the radio phone in our house. And long for the days when we had the long cord, so at least we know where the phone was. So anyway, over to another one, new buzzword, fractional CMO. And the gist of this article is that CMO's average tenure is less than three years now. And so, you know, you might as well not move. You might as well stay where you are and say, well, I'll just come in a couple of days a month or, you know, Zoom calls or something like that. So um, now they're taking fractional roles, and um, uh, there's not a lot of clarity about what a CMO does. This is the real kicker, and we've talked about this several times on this show. When I talk to founders who are looking for a CMO, the first thing I ask is, what does a CMO do? Okay, this is from... Koshla Venture CMO Shanaz Daver. Okay, he told the Wall Street Journal this. And you can click on that little link there and you'll get the you'll get the uh the the full story, but you know, they have a paywall, so sometimes you get it and sometimes you don't. So I'll tell you what the rest of it says. What does a CMO do? And none of the answers are exactly the same. Okay, and I can tell you what they should do. They should talk to the CFO and the CEO and say, what do you want? You know, I mean, I've lost several big clients because I didn't I didn't know that the CMO wanted to grow massively. Okay, cut off from retail and do direct to consumer. Uh, I've lost others because though we were profitable, they they wanted to milk the company and not grow. You know, the, the 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 objectives, and sometimes you want a little spurt so you can sell the company. And there's strategies for each of them. But find out what the CEO and the CMO and the CFO want, and then tell them that you can get it for them. Which you can, and if you don't know how, then you call me. <laughs> so I told my kids who took marketing jobs, 
right? I said, well, if you get stuck, I know this guy you can call. Anyway, so uh, you can the so you can get the get the best of both worlds if you're a marketing consultant type. Um, happy to take on these kind of assignments. You know, the my average consulting gig is probably in that neighborhood about the same as two or three years. Some have gone a lot much longer, but uh, but it's you know it's it's flexible and I like that thing. Okay, lastly. From inboxes to mailboxes, and this is also that Blues Clues uh, show, and they had this song they regularly sang. Uh, so for generations that grew up on glue, Blues Clues mail time is pretty few and far between these days. Uh, as a Gen Z millennial cusper, <laughs> why anybody would go to that trouble of delineating all that? But Emily Loof, uh, who's a developmental and marketing manager at education nonprofit Colorado Youth for a Change, CYC, said she's pushed for an increased use of direct mail in her current and past roles since last year have about doubled their direct mail budget. Okay. Uh, she said, in addition to seeking increased donations, younger people may be itching for things in their mailbox. Like Blue's Clues says, it's mail time. Here comes the mail. You know, I went to the mailbox two or three times yesterday, and I couldn't figure out why there wasn't anything there. <laughs> and it turned out that it was Martin Luther King Day. So, so <laughs> you know, I was up late, remember? Uh, today I started right on the second, for those of you who set your watch by this show. Uh, this is so cool. Like, I never get letters from people that I donate to one person uh message them back when they got a little mailer uh the best way to uh, the best way to reach young consumers could be through some good old-fashioned snail mail imagine that imagine this what were the last five things that someone sent you in the mail i do remember that i got a credit card offer and i got another thing from a charitable organization in milwaukee uh, though it's been a few days since I w since since yesterday didn't have any mail and then it was a weekend and uh, we'd have to go back to Friday or Thursday or something like that. Uh, I could name uh, Alt Kishpa, VP of Mark, oh Lauren Alt Kishpa, VP of Marketing at uh, at the platform Postal, which apparently generates mail for mailers, said that. Uh, she can't do that with email, but I could name the last five brands that have sent me something in the mail, right? 62% of millennials tend to read through advertising they receive rather than discard it without reading. Lauren then said, it makes sense that brands are wanting to lean into offline. Yeah, well, I think so. And then there's a, there's a juicy quote from Polly Wong from today. This was, I think, she also cited in yesterday's uh, in yesterday's show, um, Lauren said, many of Postal's clients choose to use an AI handwriting tool. I actually have a, uh, I have my own. It, it was it was a printed handwriting font that I created, but it worked really well. I still have it on my computer here. Um, the AI might be better because mine, you know, all the letters tend to be identical. Uh, I've, I've never seen an AI handwriting tool, but we'll have to look into that somewhere. Uh, when they ran their campaign with handwritten notes uh, 
from kids involved with the organization, it was able to double donations from the year prior compared to when it sent only email. Now, we don't know how much more it cost. It might have doubled the budget, in which case it's kind of a wash, except everybody will like it that they got more money. Um, with mail, it feels like brands are actually putting effort into their advertising, which is ironic, of course, because, you know, we were always accused of junk mail, sending junk mail, heaven forbid. Um, but we actually, you know, since each one was like a dollar, um, you don't want to just throw dollars into the wind out the air, out the window of an airplane or something. Okay, but Polly Wong says the huge resurgence in mail is being definitely led by the millennial consumer. More than 90% of Bilardi Wong's 400 clients are direct-to-consumer companies, many of them millennial-focused like Blue Dot and Allbirds. But a 20 or 5-year-old, but while a 25-year-old may have an emptier mailbox and, and have more appreciation for a catalog than a 40-year-old, she said, growth expectations, data privacy laws, and oversaturation online could also be driving them to, toward direct mail. You know, the privacy... Like GDPR and CCPA, they don't talk about mail because, you know, your address is kind of public property. Although I did have one IT director quit because when we talked about maybe mailing our customers an alternative offer for something completely new, she said, well, they didn't sign up for that and quit. She wouldn't pull the names out of the computer. <laughs> and so there's some of this sentiment of you don't you don't own my name. You can't you can't mail me, even though. Uh, None of the privacy legislation really really talks about mail very much. So um, one thing about mail is it's very scalable. You know, you can go from people who bought a particular kind of product to people who bought a uh, category of product, you know, to people who bought something from you in the last few years to people who, you know, visited your website but didn't buy anything, and then you can go out to people who live next door to those people, or you can go out to zip codes that look like a little bit geodemographically like your best zip codes. I mean, there's all kinds of ways you can scale it up. It's just almost infinite. There's always more names, I used to tell Norm Stern. Okay, so it could be driving them to our direct mail. Uh, and, um, and she says, the customers that we acquire from print have at least a 25% higher lifetime value. I found it to be more like... 200%. Um, uh, and I don't know how to pronounce this. Teju Prabhakar created a direct mail agency, Share Local Media. And uh, he's had clients like Harry's, Casper's, and Grubhub. And he said, 100% um, uh, having more real estate to work with and 100% share of voice in a physical mailer can also play to brands' advantage advantage in forming relationships with customers if that if you think that's important this may be a better way to do it and people do remember it um and lauren said a bad offline impression could be worse than no offline impression at all yeah it's possible but not likely to me that's why personalization is important i would say personalization is overrated but um there's a lot of ways that you can do that and make sure you're sending stuff that matters. And the problem with that, of course, is that what matters to one person doesn't matter to another person, right? And the more personalized you get, the less likely you are to be relevant. Think about that, right? If you guess what my next purchase will be, and that isn't what is in my head, then you're super irrelevant, right? And since I can't predict what my next purchase will be, 
the more personalized, the worse. So a generalized offer will often outperform a personalized offer. In fact, in B2B, we found that since job roles and, and titles and things changed relatively quickly, um, when selling something that's that's event related, um, you know, like hats for the for the company picnic, what we found was often after a, just a few months had gone by, it was better to uh, to slug picnic planner in than to use the name that you had already sold to, because that person has changed jobs. There's only one year they're 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 uh, in charge of the picnic, and now it's someone else. And the mailroom might go through the trouble to figure out who it might be this year if there isn't a name on it. But if there is a name, they just send it to that person's name. And we found that something like 40% of the reason people didn't order was because they, that was not their job anymore in B2B. So be careful with personalization. You can spend a lot of time and money on it. Test it, as we always say, test it. And that's one of the things that's missing from this, from this article, as usual, is what testing is about, and how to do it. Have a great day. Oh, I'm at, I'm at 12,995 connections on LinkedIn. I know you can't see that, but I do. And uh, so share this with your friends, and maybe we'll get the five more connections and get over the top for 13,000. For 13, that would be ducky. Um, have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.